Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This week's gospel reading begins right where last week's ended because it's continuing this very same sermon that Jesus was preaching. The great multitude of his disciples and all sorts of other folks. We typically call this sermon the Sermon on the Plain in Luke's Gospel. And it's similar to Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. It's probably similar teachings preached at different times. And there's so much in there that the folks who arranged the schedule of our readings broke it up into two different weeks so that we wouldn't have to skip over all of it at lightning pace or, in worst case, preach for like two hours to cover it all. You know, people get hungry. Just like last week, Jesus' sermon presents a totally upside-down and backwards world. I know a lot that we heard last week was a little bit of a doozy because Jesus' sermon here in Luke is a doozy. But Jesus always tells the truth, even if sometimes that truth is hard to hear. There's also another very important aspect to note about this sermon that will make it all make sense. The Sermon on the Plain is about Jesus. Which seems obvious, right? All of Scripture is about Jesus, but Jesus' sermon is actually about himself. Let me explain. Jesus, in the sermon he's preaching on this plain, where tons of people are gathered, he's interpreting the law of God. All the law that God had given through Moses on Mount Sinai, he's interpreting the Bible for his audience And he is also doing so in a way that no one had done before. Well, frankly, Jesus is the only person ever to walk the earth who is free to do so. After all, Jesus himself is the one who wrote scripture. He himself is the very word of God made flesh. If anyone knows what the scriptures mean, it's him. Secondly, The way that Jesus is interpreting scripture here also makes it pretty much impossible for anyone to fulfill. In fact, I would dare say that the only person ever to live up to Jesus' standard of living here in the Sermon on the Plain is Jesus. On our own, there's no possible way for us to please God with our works. That was his intention in the law all along, to demonstrate how deeply we need saving. In verse 43, which is just following our reading for today, Jesus talks about trees producing fruit. Just like a rotten tree only produces rotten fruit, or more likely dead trees don't produce any fruit at all, only a good tree can produce good fruit. Jesus is that good tree. This is where that sermon is headed, but even to include that would be too long for our purposes today. In verses 27 through 30, Jesus describes a whole laundry list of abuse that Christians might be subjected to. The world hates Jesus, and following him is sometimes accompanied by the same kind of treatment that he received. Being hated and cursed, beaten, theft, these sorts of things. As far as most of the world is concerned, it is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Not so with the followers of Jesus. Jesus' world is upside down and backwards, or at least it would appear to us. 
And if you're wondering, who has ears to hear what Jesus is saying? He's talking about those whose ears have been opened by the Holy Spirit and given faith. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Offer petitions concerning those who insult you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, present also the other. And from him who takes your cloak, do not keep back your undergarment as well. To everyone who asks you, give. And from him who takes away the things that are yours, do not ask for them back. Wow. (laughs) That's some pretty radical stuff. Right? Can you imagine if we actually lived that way? Perhaps maybe we who have been Christians for a while in a culture that has been full of Christians for a long, long time have been desensitized a little to this teaching. Maybe we've made it overly spiritual and disconnected it from everyday life. Loving your enemies. Isn't that just a bunch of hippie stuff? Letting people take all of your stuff? We're Americans, right? We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of property or happiness. Right. Same thing. It is almost preposterous for us to imagine. But I hope that we haven't been desensitized to the shocking nature of what Jesus is saying here. The demands that Jesus is making here are only possible for Jesus to fulfill. And he did fulfill them. And the only way for us to live the way that Jesus outlines here is by his power alone. It is not about us, but it's all about him. At the time when Jesus was delivering this sermon, a huge crowd had gathered all around him. Some of them were not even Jews. There were people from Tyre and Sidon, as Luke told us in last week's reading. They were eager to listen to his words and to get as close to him as they possibly could. Because they knew that even touching him or his clothes brought healing and deliverance. And it's funny that not a whole lot longer in the grand scheme of things, and the crowds are also gathered around Jesus for an entirely different purpose. They were not pressing in on him to touch him in order to be healed, but in order to hurt him. They chanted, crucify him. He was beaten spat upon, hated, reviled, cursed in our place. Even his clothes are taken away on our behalf. It's amazing to contrast the scene that we read here in Luke 6 with the scene on Good Friday. Nobody around Jesus felt like they could get close enough to him here at the Sermon on the Plain. But on Good Friday, even his very closest friends abandoned him. And yet in both cases, as strange and preposterous as it may seem, in both cases, it was still pure healing and grace pouring forth from Jesus. Even as he is hated, beaten, spat upon, reviled, and cursed, he is in the process of granting healing for the sick and salvation for sinners. Jesus' own passion and death is an example of, of the upside-down and backwards world that he's outlined here in Luke chapter 6. He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. He is merciful. 
Paul would later say this way, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is how God demonstrates his love. How does God show his love for us? In sending his only son, Jesus, to die for us long before we knew that we needed him. He didn't wait for us to get our act together before he loved us. He loved us first. This is the whole message of the upside down and backwards world of Jesus. We might die for a righteous or good person, Paul says. But Jesus died for those who were his enemies. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. The cross of Jesus sure didn't look like a gift from God. It didn't look like God undoing death and restoring all creation. The cross didn't look like freedom from our slavery to sin. Because it's upside down and backwards. Christ in his death and resurrection has turned everything we know or we think we know upside down. The gut feeling that people have had for centuries that God is angry with them. And they've got to do something to make him like them. All of that feeling is flipped upside down. The idea that religion is all about us doing something to help God out. That idea is exposed to be backwards. God bends down to bless us. The idea that all of life is about keeping score. Keeping track of rights and wrongs and who owes whom what. What we owe and what others owe us. All of that is taken away. The idea that we've got to take what is ours and get even where we've been wrong, that's undone. Instead, those of us who have been granted ears to hear the voice of Jesus also receive everything that he promises. No judgment, no condemnation, forgiveness and blessing upon blessing received from the gracious hand of Jesus that overflows into everlasting life from God our Father. In the sense of Jesus' words here, it's as if he's saying, the things that you see with your eyes are not to be trusted. What do you see when you look at the cross of Jesus Christ? What do you see there? The execution of a criminal? The suffering of the God of the universe and human flesh? How would you be able to tell the difference? I once heard someone joke that at the Colosseum you couldn't tell the lions apart from the Christians without a program. That's not true. But you get the idea. If you didn't hear this, you would never know. So blessed are you who have been given ears to hear. Because your hearing ears have given you the heart to believe. In believing, you receive everlasting life in the name of Jesus. No matter what you see, hear this. Your sins are forgiven, and he loves you. Amen. The peace of our God that surpasses all of our human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
And all of God's people said, 